Well, hello there, and welcome to uh, Trending Now with Josh Arnold on MSO News Sports. I'm Rick Moore, along with Josh and our producer and engineer, Bill Proposky. And this is uh, an interview show that we try to do most Fridays here during the year, although we do take some time off. Hello. Hello there. <coughs> What's up? Well, we've got a good lineup uh, for today, and then we have a series of interviews we're going to do in a couple of weeks, starting in a couple of weeks, we could talk about, but... Uh, uh, looks like we're going to do a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, 10 o'clock show, and we'll be interviewing candidates from up and down the North Shore. All right, a little uh, closer to home here. What do you have lined up for today? For today, we have Jen Holmgren, who is a city councilor in Gloucester, seeking re-election. Jeff Cohen, who is a candidate for city councilor at large in Salem. John McCarthy, retired police chief of Gloucester, seeking a city councilor at large position here in Gloucester. And Barry Pat, aide Senator Bruce Tarr, activist in the community, is running for Ward 2 here in the city of Gloucester. Alrighty, we'll get started in just a minute. Again, this is Trending Now with Josh Arnold, and you're listening to MSO News Sports at Gmail. <laughs> no, it's MSONewsports.com. Our email is MSONewsports at Gmail.com. I'm Bob Gillis, president of KPN Savings Bank, serving the KPN community with stability and commitment for over 170 years. Since 1846, our customers have relied on our local bank service and big bank benefits. Stop by our offices or call to talk about your banking needs at 978-283-0246. Built on community, kpnsavings.bank. Member FDIC. Gloucester's Walter Wilkins Insurance Agency is teaming up with Columbia Insurance to deliver a full line of products, personal home and auto policies, as well as a full line of commercial coverage for business owners, including commercial property and commercial vehicle coverage. Wilkins partners with respected companies such as Plymouth Rock, Quincy Mutual, Commerce, and Safeco. For City of Gloucester employees, there are discounts on auto and home policies. Wilkins Insurance is located at 186 Main Street, Gloucester. Now partnering with Columbia Insurance serving the North Shore. Fact is, you spend 10 hours a day at work. No wonder they're forced to buy car insurance in 15 minutes. They just don't have time to go meet with someone. Well, Columbia Insurance has an alternative. The insurance professionals at Columbia Insurance Agency will meet with you at your workplace. Even better, we'll go to the registry and bring your plates back to you at work, free of charge. At Columbia Insurance Agency, we come to you, and we really do. Visit ColumbiaInsuranceAgency.net and set up an appointment today. That's ColumbiaInsuranceAgency.net. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our first guest is uh, not a stranger to us. We've had her on the show before. She is the incumbent city councilor at large here in Gloucester, Jen Helmgren. Jen, welcome to the program. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. Well, you're a candidate for re-election, but I always ask uh, guests to give us a three- or four-minute bio, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, your candidacy and, and your time in, in grade and, and so forth. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So... Um, I have, uh, this is my, I'm concluding my first term as a city councilor at large in Gloucester. Um, I am a Gloucester High School graduate class of 1998. Um, I am a registered nurse. I have had over 20 years of experience in the health and human services industry, and uh, most of that, the vast majority, has been spent in the nonprofit sector, so I'm very familiar with those worlds. And... Right now, I work in the adult foster care program at the Northeast Arc. I also work as the data manager at the North Shore Health Project. I have um, a, a daughter uh, at West Paris Elementary School. My husband and I are, are proud to send her there. Uh, she is in fourth grade right now. Uh, I've been deeply invested in this community for a very, very long time. I am a fourth-generation Gloucester resident, uh, and my family background is, is pretty extensive here as well. I am related to uh, the Lanesville Finns, and my grandfather was a quarry worker, uh, as was his his father as well. Uh, and my great grandfather Hafton Hansen was the architect of the Beauport Sleeper McCann House, Our Lady of Good Voyage Church, and a whole slew of other buildings uh, around here. So. Um, I understand Gloucester's landscape, uh, both in terms of our uh, our human needs uh, and our literal physical landscape. And I'm very passionate about uh, continuing my work as a counselor at large. 
Great. Well, it's an interesting background too. I, I didn't know the uh, the quarry piece and, and so forth. That's that's uh, that's new. We'll have to chat off 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 uh, radio about that. Um, sure. Tell me about uh, now. You you ran for office two years ago. Um, in what way? And you you, you you run for office. You have some preconceived ideas about what the position is going to be like, what it's going to entail. What what in what ways was it? what you expected in what ways did it not meet or exceed uh, your expectations on on any levels and can you share some of that with us absolutely so i was fortunate to have been able to attend over 80 city meetings prior to being elected to city council and that started even before i decided i was going to run so i'm very familiar with the city's machinations uh, with its ups and downs, and so I, I knew that I was going to need to do a lot of work uh, and be very committed as a city councilor. Uh, but what I what I didn't fully grasp uh, until I got firmly rooted into my time as a city councilor is just exactly how deeply dedicated uh, everyone who works for the city really truly is. Um, I mean, we've had our ups and downs, but the people who are, uh, whether they're appointed or hired, are are dedicated to their jobs. They're knowledgeable. We have an excellent we have an excellent staff uh, and an excellent team, and we are working on uh, better retention and better attraction uh, of very well qualified employees. So hopefully, we'll continue um, with a mostly low turnover as we continue to move Gloucester into the 21st century. Great. Now, um, lots of different issues uh, on the uh, docket currently and uh, prospectively going forward. Um, one of those that's talked about, and not just here in Gloucester, uh, I know uh, we talked about it with uh, city council, city officials in, in other communities, is uh, the lack of affordable housing. Tell us what you what you see, at how that's an issue in Gloucester, and what what steps can be taken to address some of those needs. Absolutely. That is one of my my huge, huge focuses, and I've been working on that for a very long time, again, um, even before I was elected to city council. So uh, I've noticed, um, and I'm 39 years old, so I graduated from Gloucester High School uh, 21 years ago. Um, some of my classmates can't afford to stay here. Uh, one of my best friends actually needed to move uh, to the Midwest with her husband last year because they just couldn't afford the rent here and they have two young daughters and I thought that was such a heartbreaking incident. I mean, uh, they would have contributed to our economy, uh, they would have put a couple of kids through school and, and who knows, you know, the potential that those girls have as well. So situations like that are numerous here and uh, we have people struggling with unemployment we have people struggling to meet mortgage payments every month. So I really, I want to do something before Gloucester turns into something that none of us want or expect. Uh, and it, we really need to retain not only the the uh, low-income people who live here, um, because they absolutely deserve to live here, uh, but also the workforce, working class and middle class people who live here too. So to that end, I have been fortunate to have been appointed to our Housing Production Plan Implementation Committee as the City Council liaison on that. And right now what we're doing is looking at our zoning ordinance, uh, specifically our inclusionary zoning or affordable housing ordinance, to try to make it a little bit easier for people to um, build affordable housing and also to uh, convert their rental units into affordable housing. Um, and I am also on an ad hoc committee to take a look at uh, the affordability of assisted living residences in Gloucester. And considering that there is some grant money uh, still available for all kinds of things, but uh, the pools are slowly drying up, we really have to start getting creative. Uh, and so we, we have, thankfully, several uh, anti-poverty agencies and housing nonprofits in this area, uh, including Action, Harbor Light Community Partners um, and the YMCA, and uh, the city has thankfully been working in conjunction with them uh, on different projects. I'm thinking of specifically Fuller uh, and the Cameron's project, and um, 
there there is more on the horizon to try to raise our affordable housing stock so that we can all move into the future together, not just those of us with means. Is is um, rent control as a topic uh, a part of this discussion? Is that something that you see coming forward in Gloucester, or is that is are the actions that would be contemplated the set of everything but rent control? Rent control would be a pretty tough bar, as I am aware. I could certainly discuss it with our community development department, but uh, it's it, that would be very, very difficult because I, while we while we do need affordable housing um, for those people who make it available uh, and attainable for people, I, I don't want them to feel any kind of strain either. So that's that's something I'd really have to think about very carefully. Okay, um, schools are a big issue, um, yes. getting a lot of attention because uh, it's time to rebuild, and schools, you know, every every. Uh, physical asset has a life cycle, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you put a roof on a building, it's uh, it, if it's rubber, it's ten to twenty years. If you put a boiler in, it might be forty years. Uh, uh, and a lot of the schools were built post World War Two. West Parish yeah. and East Gloucester were forty eight and forty nine. Beeman and Veterans Memorial were fifty four and fifty seven. And then of course Plum Cove was. Uh, when the Cal Eels built in 1969, but mm-hmm. a lot of those uh, have have met their uh, seen their day, and uh, now the city is wrestling with uh, how how do we uh, how do we rebuild and, and how do we uh, go from what we grew up with were neighborhood schools as opposed to area schools. Uh, yeah. How does how do you know, tell us what where things are at right now for Gloucester? Well, it's certainly a, a very challenging and multi-pronged issue. A lot of very well-qualified people have taken a look and tried to come up with the best solutions that they can possibly come up with, considering our financial constraints. And uh, that's not only true for us, but it's true for school systems and communities all across the state. I do support the building committee's decision uh, to merge the school. I believe that um, it, it certainly would be nice to have two schools built instead of one, but if we chose to remodel uh, veterans over East Gloucester or East Gloucester over veterans, then we'd have to wait another few years before funding another remodel, uh, and then that pushes Beeman and Plum Cove back, and I know they're uh, hopefully going to be looked at within the next decade or so as well. Um, the neighborhood school concept is is wonderful. It's cozy, and uh, I just don't see that as something that we can do at this time. But a point that was brought up at a debate earlier this week was that a lot of kids went to Fuller. Um, I, uh, I believe that was Sam Watson, uh, who attended Fuller School. She brought it up in the school committee debate on Monday, and over what I think it was six to eight hundred children went to school at Fuller at any one time. So it that's a lot of kids have, well, I, I should say now, adults have very fond memories of the Fuller School, uh, and they, they benefited from being in that building, but it, it wasn't particularly a cozy neighborhood school, yet they were still able to cultivate a huge sense of community by being there. So uh, I, I hope It that was, at one point, the best school, the best school they had uh, as far as a physical asset was concerned, but uh, that too changed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I mean, certainly, uh, speaking of physical qualities of buildings, um, not only uh, does our daughter attend the West Parish School and absolutely love it, but I was talking with an East Gloucester school mom just this morning, and the word that she used to describe the condition of the East Gloucester Elementary School building was depressing. That was literally the word she used, and I felt so bad. And I mean, if you want to talk about Gloucester's art heritage, uh, which I certainly appreciate and enjoy, uh, and that's one of the many things that puts us on the map. East Gloucester is our art hub, and that school doesn't even have an art room. They have an art cart. (laughs) I feel that that is unconscionable. So if we can have a school for the children of Wards 1 and 2 uh, that uh, is comparable to West Parish, where they have a pottery kiln in, in 
a huge art room that's modern and well-kept and with adequate ventilation and tiles that don't fall down. We owe it to our kids to do that, and it's going to be, you know, hopefully the public will vote in favor of a debt exclusion. That's a whole other conversation, but uh, if they do, it's going to be a little over $100 a year if you're like me and your house is um, assessed at around $350,000, and that is well worth it to me to be able to educate our kids and to give them um, equal footing as they move from elementary school into middle school. Well, thank you. I, 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 we, I know we wanted to talk about climate control and some other things, but we're running out of time. So, oh my uh, we're, uh, we went through 15 minutes just like that. So, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, it flies, isn't it? So, but I want to thank you for, for being a guest on uh, Trending Now with Josh Arnold and certainly wish you the very best uh, of success in your campaign to seek re-election and appreciate all the good work that you do for the, for the city as a counselor and a volunteer. Thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for all you do. Have a great day, okay? You too. Take care. Bye now. Thanks. Bye. People come in, take a seat. You're really in for a treat at Sylvan Street. A great place to eat and drink and meet with family and friends at Sylvan Street. Treat you right, day or night. Satisfy your appetite. Eat, drink, and chill. Catch a game with friends, meet for lunch, cocktails after work, or a romantic dinner for two. Whatever your plan, plan to do it at Sylvan Street Grill in Peabody and Salisbury. See you at Sylvan Street. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Title Boxing, Route 114, Danvers. A friendly, challenging environment. Everybody comes in here uh, thinking that it's like a regular boxing club where you're going to have to get in the ring and fight, and it's actually not. It's a, a classroom type of cardio exercise boxing class. We have uh, 60 bags. The classes range anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, from 8 rounds to 12 rounds. Uh, there's music playing. The instructor teaches the class, and you have a good time. You learn how to box and have fun and exercise during the class. Title Boxing, Danvers. Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. And if you're planning to replace the windows in your home, I have just two words for you. Anderson Windows. Anderson is the most trusted name in windows throughout the United States. See the complete line of Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at moynihanlumber.com. Moynihan Lumber up. Cherry Farm Creamery wishes all the teams and players the best of luck this fall. Check out the fall ice cream flavors now available. Pumpkin, caramel, apple. Cherry Farm offers 20% off to kids in uniforms. Enjoy the taste of summer all year round at Cherry Farm Creamery, Conant Street, Danvers. Now with Josh Arnold, our next guest is uh, Jeff Cohen, who is a candidate for city councilor at large in Salem. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Josh. Really well, appreciate it. Well, we start out and we ask uh, folks to give us a three or four minute bio, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the issues that you're you're dealing with uh, in the campaign. Uh, I'm really honored to be on your show again. I had uh, enjoyed doing it a couple of years ago. So, my name is Jeff Cohen. I'm running for city councilor at large in Salem, and I listen, learn, and lead. I'm not running to be important but because the current at-large counselors have failed to adequately address the serious issues facing Salem. I don't just speak up, I produce results. So when you're considering who to vote for, I ask people, can you think of two or three compelling things that the candidates that you're considering have done or accomplished for the residents of Salem? I'm honored to have received the endorsement of the North Shore Labor Council for the second time, I'm on the Salem for All Ages Leadership Council, the Overdose and Substance Use Prevention Citizens Task Force, and the Salem State Community Partnership Advisory Board. I'm proud that I was awarded the Rainbow Times Social Justice All-Star Award in 2018, and that I serve on the Board of Directors for Project Out. As Salem's first recycling coordinator, I significantly increased our percentage, and as our first solar coach, I helped hundreds of homeowners realize the benefits of solar. I'm the only Salem resident, the only Salem resident that is a two city boards, co-chair of No Place to Hate 
and Vice Chair of the Sustainability and Resiliency Committee. Although this is a volunteer, these are volunteer positions, I treat the work as a full-time job, as I would City Council. Great. So the issues uh, in Salem are many, uh, as they are uh, in cities up and down the North Shore, uh, one of which is affordable housing. We just uh, spoke with uh, Jen Holmgren, uh, who's a city councilor of Gloucester, who's running for re-election, and she talked about uh, why that's an issue here in Gloucester. Tell us about affordable housing in Salem. Uh, it's a crisis in Salem, but it's a crisis throughout the region, probably throughout the country. Uh, as Salem has uh, prospered uh, and, and as the economy is doing better, tourism, everything, uh, it's been more difficult for people who work in Salem, especially service jobs, landscaping jobs, whatever, to stay in their, uh, you know, to, to live here. Um, the hospital, the hotels have all spoken out about how important it is for people who work here to be able to live here. There are things that we can do. Too many people talk about this as a regional response. As a city councilor, I can only have jurisdiction over what we can do in the city. We can have inclusionary zoning. That is a certain specified percentage of affordable, low-income units in every development. I expect them to be on-site and tiered, so it's not just 10% at 60%, it's tiered, so we can have a diversity of income levels throughout the city. We also, the city council is considering a new accessory dwelling, uh, in-law apartment regulation, and that's very important as it will create ability for people to stay in their homes and for, you know, small families or people who just graduated college to uh, be able to, um, you know, to be able to find the space in Salem. But more important than anything, Josh, is that tenants are being asked to move out because of the gentrification. And it's impossible for them to find a place in a short amount of time at the cost that it is to rent a place in Salem. We have a very quickly diminishing rental stock, and this is what we really have to focus on, as well as tenants' rights legislation, all of these things, I will push forward on in an aggressive way. Is in a, and I've asked this question with other officials or people seeking office out of the communities. Does rent control as a topic come into this discussion, and, and, and what do you think about that? Uh, I'm not adverse to the concept of rent control, but rent control is illegal in Massachusetts. So we could not initiate rent control without the legislature changing things. However, Oregon just this year passed a rent control uh, statute or ordinance for the entire state. What I found valuable in their ordinance was not the rent control component, but a couple of things that I would propose if elected. One is that tenants who are not being evicted, but with the uh, property owner wants them to vacate the property, would have to give them 90 days notice and a month's rent, which would enable them to find a place, hopefully in Salem, to stay. So rent control is an interesting concept, but it's not something that we can initiate at the uh, city level until the state does. Okay. What, um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on climate control? Well, I... I am, as I said, the Vice Chair of the Sustainability, Energy, and Resiliency uh, Committee, and I'm also an original member of the North, uh, Citizens Climate Lobby in North Shore. I helped pass a resolution in Salem that made us the first community in the state with a 100% clean energy resolution. I helped pass a carbon pricing resolution, and I wrote a Green New Deal resolution that was passed this year by the City Council. Salem is one of the most endangered communities in the North Shore, and we are already feeling the effects of uh, the climate crisis. It's an emergency, and we need bold action. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, none of the other candidates are taking it as seriously as it needs to. Just this morning, Josh, I taught uh, kids at the Saltonstall School 
grade school, fourth graders, about climate crisis. And the youth of our country, the youth of our community, believe this is the number one issue. And it's not about us, it's about them. I have a whole platform of things that I will do to make sure that we mitigate the effects of climate change and that we have the most sustainable and resilient uh, community possible. Hey, I got a question for you that uh, comes up in other communities, but not like Salem, and that is traffic. And and traffic is, uh, there's traffic, there's congestion, there's parking, there are all of those issues, but it's different for Salem because of your draw at this time of the year. Um, how do you deal with it, and how much of a, I mean, you thrive on the tourism by because of the Salem Witches Connection and Halloween and all the people who uh, descend on your community from probably August uh, to uh, right through Thanksgiving anyway, uh, and and then they kind of, you know, fade a bit, but uh, it, it does create a share of problems uh, too. How do you deal with that? and, and what kind of things can the city do or, or elected folks do to mitigate some of the, the fallout to the rest of the community? Well, we actually have a traffic and parking issue all year round. Yeah. And we do, of course, have more uh, during October. Uh, but, you know, we're a vibrant community with a world-class uh, hospital, a world-class museum, a university, uh, we have an incredible, um, you know, history. Uh, we were the richest community in America, you know, in the in the beginning of this country. Uh, we have amazing history in Salem. So there's a lot of reasons that people come here. But one of the reasons, Josh, that we have so much traffic that other communities don't experience throughout the year is we only have five entrance corridors in and out of the city. In most places. You're, wherever you are, you can just kind of point in a direction and keep driving, and you'll get to the community adjacent to you. But here's what I would do: There's a, I would push forward, help push forward uh, the ability for the uh, T to open a second uh, stop near Salem State in the hospital. Uh, there's been a feasibility study that um, Salem for All Ages started about a shuttle. I would make the shuttle free to all Salem residents and that people who came from outside of Salem would have to pay a fee, um, and that would finance the shuttle, and that would reduce the amount of cars, of course. Uh, we've been testing scooters and bike sharing, and these are all um, things that we need to explore to get less cars uh, on the roads. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can do. We, we, we actually have a traffic and parking commission, um, and, you know, I'm a chair of two boards, and, uh, you know, boards are made up of people with expertise, passion for what it is and for the subject or the uh, jurisdiction. And they're people who do this as volunteers, and they're very sincere and they work hard. And for some reason, our council hasn't given them uh, the ability to make decisions that they should. And if I'm elected, I will help them do that. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do, traffic calming. Um, rerouting, making one ways out of two ways, things like that. So there's a whole litany of things that we can do, but we need to let the people who want, who, who are serving on this board, make decisions. Great. Well, I want to thank you uh, for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Uh, we're just running out of time. Uh, uh, we just hit 10:29, and and uh, so we have to go to a commercial. But uh, I want to thank you for being a guest uh, this election cycle, and uh, appreciate uh, your uh, wisdom and all the good work you're doing uh, as a volunteer in Salem. And uh, wish you the best in your uh, race for the city council. Well, thank you very much, and uh, it means much to me, and I have another hour of pro so uh, thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate being on a show like yours. You do a lot, uh, making people aware. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Take care now. Start the fall season with a winning mortgage rate from your hometown team. Whether you are thinking about buying a new home or condo or refinancing your existing one, our loan rates are among the lowest anywhere. 
Check out our full menu of rates and terms and apply on institutionforsavingsloans.com. Institutionforsavings.com. Member FDIC, DIF, Ether. Harrington Trophy has been rewarding the North Shore for over 30 years with quality custom awards, screen printing, embroidery, and more. We pride our family-owned business on our exceptional customer service and quality products for the right price. Custom t-shirts, sweatshirts, warm-up suits, hats, along with the area's top trophies, plaques, glass awards, we are the one-stop shop for end-of-the-year banquets or advertising your small business through apparel. Come see us at Harrington Trophy, Chestnut Street, Lynn, or HarringtonTrophy.com. You'll love the Bradford Tavern in Rowley as they feature a menu to please everyone. Start your meal with your choice from a dozen delicious appetizers. There are also soups and fresh salads. Dinner selections include burgers, sirloin tips, chicken parmesan, chicken piccata, and then there's seafood, clams, haddocks, salmon, lobsters, and fish tacos. Plus a wide selection of sandwiches and wraps. Let the Bradford Tavern host your events or functions set in unique spaces. Open Six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. The Bradford 33 Rally and BradfordTavern.com. The North Shore is listening to MSONewsports.com and our great selection of podcasts. Hi, this is Phil Stacy, Executive Sports Editor at the Salem News. Make sure to listen to our podcast every week with the sports writers from the Salem News, including Matt Williams, Nick Giannino, and myself. MSO News Sports, connecting you to the North Shore. Strong communities are built on trust. In every community, there are people we trust with the important things, like educating our children and protecting our health. KPN families trust the professionals of KPN Savings, Trusts, and Financial Services. Call 978-283-7079 or visit kpnsavingsbank.com. KPN Savings, Trusts, and Financial Services. Built on trust. The investments purchased through the KPN Savings, Trust and Financial Services Department are not FDIC insured, not FDIC guaranteed, not bank guaranteed, and may use principal value. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our next guest is the retired City of Gloucester Police Chief and a candidate for at-large City Councilor, John McCarthy. John, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? Good. Well, we had you on back a few times back when you were the Police Chief. Of course, you're a classmate of mine and you're married to a relative of mine, but all those things aside, it's nice to have some uh, new people running for city council, and, and uh, you're not new to the city, but you're, or city government, uh, but you're new to this position. Can you tell us, start out with a three or four minute bio, and then we can talk about some of the issues? Yeah, sure. Um, like, like you just said, we're, we're all classmates. Uh, I went to Gloucester schools, um, Gloucester High School graduate. I uh, started working, actually, for the police department back uh, summers when I was 14 years old. It was actually a, in a job from Action. Um, Action used to have what they called the neighborhood youth program, and they would hire city youth and have them assigned to different city functions. And, and luckily, I got the police boat, and uh, I stayed there right through high school. Um, when I graduated from high school, the city hired me to be a crewman slash harbor master on the police boat. That was back when the police still ran the harbor master's office. Um, and I took the exam when I was 21 years old to be a police officer, and I was put on as reserve. Um, uh, somewhere in the middle there, I got married. Married, uh, like you said, uh, your cousin, um, Patty, and uh, we're still married. We have two grown children in Gloucester. They're both uh, back in Gloucester, both living in Gloucester. Um, I went on with my police career for some 40 years, um, rose through the ranks, patrolman, sergeant, lieutenant, assistant chief, and, and ultimately chief. Uh, retired last April um, after almost three years as the chief. Um, very proud of the department. Um, the department does great things. They, they, we instituted a number of programs while I was there. We uh, had the Cops and Kids program out of. Um, we started it while I was there. And, and something like that is only successful if the rank and file buy into it. And, and they did. And they're still running it. Um, it's a great program. 
the uh, we also did the community safety day. We have the we've got two soapbox derby cars now that the police are involved in um, for the fish box derby. Uh, a lot of great programs. We we did a lot of fundraising for um, with the grow a beard with the uh, cups for kids with cancer. Um, just a lot of great things that the department did um, while I was lucky enough to to be chief. Great. Uh-oh. You you were you mentioned the uh, being uh, working on the police boat in the harbor. Um, so you have a, a a sense of what the issues with the harbor are, um, and I'm I'm guessing you have a vision of of what it could, having seen, I mean, we grew up in a different era, and uh, we chatted a little bit about that before uh, we get ready for the show. What, what is your sake of, of uh, uh, the perspective of the harbor, and, and what would you want to be able to do to, to improve it or improve its use or, or so forth? Well, I mean, I think we're coming off a 10-year harbor plan, uh, and we're going to be starting a another 10-year harbor plan. The city has just put in for the grant to start a new harbor plan in 2020. As you know, when we were kids, and I know your family had a fishing, your family was involved in fishing in Phyllis A, um, you could walk from one side of the harbor just climbing over fishing boats. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that way of life is gone. We still have a viable fishing fleet. Um, it's just not the fleet that it once was. So the harbor, you know, because we don't have that large fleet anymore, there are a lot of places in the harbor that, that just don't have activity anymore, and, and subsequently they're they're going into disrepair. We've had buildings fall in the harbor. You know, Josh, I mean, we both come from East Gloucester. We remember the wharfs over in East Gloucester. Yeah. We remember Captain Joe's. I mean, do you remember the size of that when we were kids? Yeah. Yeah, and rights and, and, and uh, yeah, all of them. The, the Delco and, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a different era. I, I have pictures uh, my father uh, and Freddie Watson uh, in Smith Cove on skates because in the old days the harbor froze, and uh, and they could actually skate on it. But uh, yeah, it was a different. It was it was more like a Norman Rockwell painting then than it is uh, probably today. So I think we have to change with the the era that changed, and I mean one of. And I would say the most important resource Gloucester have, has is its harbor, its waterfront. Gloucester has 66 miles. If you trace Gloucester around into every coastline, wow. that's incredible. And we, we have to use it, I mean, especially the, the, the DPA areas of the harbor, the marine industrial zoned areas of the harbor. We have to change and allow those property owners to be able to... Um, utilize their property to make their property profitable to be able to you know to sustain um and i'm not saying that we should you know give up our heritage our history or anything like that i mean you know we we still have fishing but we have to have secondary uses too i'm not talking about condominiums and walling the harbor off with condominiums i think some great strides were made during the last harbor plan um Marine-based research use was added, um, and then you saw the building get built down the old uh, Gloucester Shrimp, the MGMI building, and now they tell me the second floor of that is being taken up by another research use, marine-related. So we saw the the um, the math change a little bit on the um, designated port area, where it used to be 75% fishing and 25% percent uh, auxiliary use that changed to 50 50 during the last harbor plan um so i mean there's a lot of things that this harbor could do and and i really think that we need to and that's one way as a city council that you can support mixed use in the harbor and you know a little bit of change one of the issues that uh, we've talked about on this program uh, in with uh, uh Counselors and candidates uh, in just about every community, and that is the the need for a, uh, a greater stock of affordable housing. Tell us about that issue as far as Gloucester, and, and what steps uh, could you take to to maybe improve that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's there are you know a lot of misconceptions when you when you say affordable housing. 
you know, there's, there's affordable housing, which there is a state uh, equation that tells you, you know, what the medium income is, and it should be um, 25% or 30% of your medium income. That's affordable. There are work, then that basically applies to the workforce. There's low income housing, which is supplied by housing authority and some auxiliary uh, agencies. Action is big on on um, low income type housing. Um, I know they have their housing first program. I think the city's made some good strides. Um, you know, whether you like the fuller school program or you don't like the fuller school program, there are 200 units rental units, and I think the city needs rental units. Uh, I believe it's 30 of those rental units are going to be affordable. Action has a friendly 40B plan that went through on the old Cameron's property. That's going to be retail on the first floor, but there's going to be 30 units, and it's even a better affordable um, equation. They're, they're, they're not going off the metro equation, which would be 80%. They're going 30, some 30% um, of what rents would have ordinarily been. So I think that's going to be a good project. I think the Y moving up to Fuller, the city has signed an agreement with the Y, I think, to create 53 affordable housing units. So a lot of work's been done by the um, the powers-to-be, and I think that's a good thing, but I mean, I think we need to move forward. Um, I talked to David Holden at the Housing Authority last week, and, you know, you and I are in our early 60s now and we're we're part of the baby boomers and yeah that's <laughs> scary isn't it that's created <coughs> a problem yeah. um i talked to david holden and there are five um units of senior living around gloucester that's um run by the housing authority three years ago there was a one-year wait for a gloucester resident to get into one of these uh senior living uh sheedy park mcpherson park poplar lincoln um, now the wait is up to three and a half years. Wow. So it, there's a lot that we can do, I think, to uh, help our seniors. Um, one way that I've proposed is to, to do some city-sponsored um, trainings on estate planning. You know, I, I think a lot of times people end up, um, you know, losing their house because they get sick or they have to go into a nursing home for a while. That so it slips thing. and falls, they go to a nursing home and, and they don't come out or... And then the, the, the nursing home attaches the fixed assets to pay the bill. Yeah, right. And there are there are ways to avoid that. There is estate planning, and, but you have to start at a you know at our age, Josh. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> if you keep bringing that up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. He, he, yeah. What uh, we got two minutes left before I have to go to my next guest. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about schools or climate control? Well, I mean, school is a, is a hot issue right now, I guess, yeah. uh, with the proposed uh, combination of uh, combining Y2 school um, with East Boston school. Um, they originally have said that they wanted to have a special election. It's going to be a, a, uh, a voters, uh, a taxpayers' uh, referendum to, to buy the school. It's got to be a debt exclusion, so it has to be voted in by the voters. Uh, one question I've been asked by a lot of people is, would you support a special election? And at this time, I would not. I, I don't think it gets a good cross-section of the voters. Um, and I also would definitely require a traffic plan for the area that they're trying to put it in, um, you know, Webster Street. I think I would, you know, with my experience um, and background on the police, I mean, I think I would really, really want to study any traffic plan that came out of that area. Yeah, the, prob the problem is that when they built the schools <coughs> 40, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, they the standards were different. Everything was different. When, when you and I went to uh, school, not everybody had a uh, uh, had two or three cars in the, in the family. Uh, or, or four, you know, there wasn't that much traffic. It, uh, everything has changed over a period of time, uh, and the, it, things are more congested. And then when you go for the state money, the state's going to tell you how much, how many square feet, which wasn't really 
how we built schools 40, 50 years ago. We, we did them because we wanted to house, give the, uh, house children and, and educate them, not under a state-level formula. So uh, you're, you're, you're dead on when you say there are the traffic issues that are, are going to be a problem no matter where they put the school. Yeah, and especially in that congested neighborhood. Like I say, uh, you know, even over West Parish, we've had our issues over there uh, with traffic. And, you know, this is the day and age where every parent drops their kid off at school. I mean, yeah. very few kids take the bus anymore. I, I, I've had the, the privilege of uh, helping to get my niece back and forth to school for the last couple of years over at East Gloucester. And, and you know, it, it really is a parent-orientated type of yeah. pick-up and drop-off. So uh, we'll we'll go on we'll go forward with the with the school on summer. I know they voted uh, the school committee voted the uh, vets uh, thing last night. Um, uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, unfortunately, we run out of time, John, and I have to go to my next guest. But I want to thank you for being a guest again on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Now, in your role as retired police chief and candidate for city council, and we certainly wish you the very best uh, uh, in the upcoming race. Thank you, Josh, and I'd like to ask uh, all you listeners to consider me and uh, giving me one of your four large votes. Um, I appreciate that, and I I'm, I'm, want to be your voice at City Hall. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you, Josh. Great. Title Boxing, Route 114, Danvers, a friendly, challenging environment. Title Boxing is a great place to come for exercise, uh, to help yourself get into shape, meet some new people, have a good time while you're working out, lift some weights, meet some friends that will probably be with you for a long time because it's like a family environment here. The instructors are all great. You can try it out a few times. We have boxing, kickboxing, and MMA. You actually get to come in and take the first class free. You can try it out probably about two or three times before you can actually make a decision. Title Boxing, Danvers. Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. And if you're planning on remodeling your kitchen or just thinking about it, may I suggest that you visit our kitchen cabinet showroom in downtown Beverly. There you will find some 25 kitchens on display, just as they might look in your own home. And you can also talk with our kitchen cabinet sales team, who really do know what they are talking about. That's at Moynihan Lumber, 82 River Street, in downtown Beverly. Moynihan Lumber, we measure up. Looking to run up the score on your savings? Open a CD savings or money market account at Institution for Savings. Fall's the perfect time to earn funds for your future, and our rates are among the best. Stop by one of our offices in Amesbury, Beverly, Boxford, Gloucester, Hamilton, Ipswich, Middleton, Newburyport, Rockport, Rowley, Salem, Salisbury, and Topsfield. Or visit us online at institutionforsavings.com, member FDIC, DIM. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold, a, a public service announcement. Comedy Night, sponsored by the Friends of the Council on Aging for Salem, Mass., will be uh, held on Friday, October 18th at the Jean Levesque Community Life Center on 401 Bridge Street, Salem, Mass. It's a cash bar appetizers at 6 p.m. Comedians Paul D'Angelo and Mitch Stinson at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $25.00. Uh, for more information, you can contact Rosanna Donahue at 978-744-0924, extension 43006. That's Rosanna Donahue at 978-744-0924. Thank you. Fact is, including the commute, people spend 10 hours a day at work. No wonder they're forced to buy car insurance in 15 minutes. They just don't have time to go meet with someone. Well, Columbia Insurance has an alternative. The Insurance Professionals Act Agency will meet with you at your workplace. Even better, we'll go to the registry and bring your plates back to you at work, free of charge. At Columbia Insurance Agency, we come to you, and we really do. Visit ColumbiaInsuranceAgency.net and set up an appointment today. That's ColumbiaInsuranceAgency.net.
Welcome back to our program, Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our next guest is Barry Pat. Barry is a aide, is an aide to State Senator Bruce Tarr, the minority leader in the State House. He's an activist, a Rotarian, involved in a bunch of uh, committees, boards, commissions, and uh, he is a candidate for Ward 2 City Councilor here in Gloucester. Barry, welcome to the program. Thank you, Josh, and thank you to Rick um, uh, for having me on to discuss these issues. And if I could just take 30 seconds to ask everyone for prayers for uh, those suffering with the scourge of um, cancer, and especially today, Mayor um, Taken and the greater Chimbanco family as um, their brother Anthony may succumb to the disease today. So prayers for them. Thank you. Again, th- thank you for having me today. Well, we'll take a pause for that, and uh, I'd like to have you uh, maybe start and give us a three or four minute bio, um, and then we could talk about some of the issues in the campaign. Sure, uh, I can do that. Uh, again, uh, I've grown up in uh, on the backdrop of uh, Good Harbor Beach, and uh, uh, I've lived uh, uh, down here on Middle Street uh, in downtown for over 30 years. Um, I'm a lifelong Gloucester resident. Other than my time away at, in college and in the military, um, I've seen our community grow and change. And um, I just think that uh, um, Ward Two is the most economically and demographically, you know, and physically diverse. And I believe it's that diversity that um, you know we need to work on to, um, you know, use them as our strengths to continue. Uh, I've been involved, as you said. Um, in many things. Uh, again, I uh, have uh, had the pleasure of working for uh, our minority leader, Senator Bruce Tarr, for over 15 years uh, in the as con- in constituent services and community outreach, um, and uh, also issues with uh, DOT. Uh, I've also worked with uh, um, many groups uh, groups in Gloucester, including the Rotary Club, uh, Fishbox Derby, uh, the Gloucester EDIC, where we you know, developed our uh, and finished uh, uh, building out our uh, two industrial parks in an environmentally friendly way, creating over $10 million a year in tax revenue. Um, the Gloucester 400th, I co-founded the, um, uh, the Gloucester Fund, passing on 100% of, you know, the more than $3 million we've raised so far in partnership with others in Gloucester uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, I do. I put on Gloucester's fireworks displays now for over 25 years. Um, so uh, um, I'd like to, you know, continue my uh, um, uh, my service here to the community, et cetera, as I did again in the army. I was, uh, you know, I spent almost six years in uh, the army. I, I was discharged as a, uh, a captain, uh, and uh, I think I have much to offer uh, in the community and. Uh, living here in Ward 2, I just thought that I would, uh, uh, that's where I'd like to focus, uh, you know, my efforts on, as I, you know, try to give back to the city. Ward 2 is an interesting place in Gloucester because it has the working waterfront, it has City Hall, it has the post office, main branch, it has three of the elderly housing projects, uh, it has schools, it has a lot, and uh, a lot of coming and going, so you hit a, a blend of issues uh, that are true of all of the city where other com- other wards are more maybe more residential uh, right or Ab- yeah absolutely there's the mix that, with everything that you have mentioned as well as the KPM Museum uh, we have um, three of our uh, uh, four of our largest um, churches um, here including the uh, you know, Unitarian Universalist Church, which is the founding one in in this country, and Temple Ahavat Ahim. We have, um, you know, as you said, the elderly housing, etc. City Hall. Uh, it's 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 the cultural, uh, economic, you know, and uh, uh, and then there's again uh, some some regular uh, residences are all mixed in downtown. Besides. Um, you know, um, uh, throughout the the actual different neighborhoods in Ward Two, uh, and then you again you go down to the uh, uh, to the waterfront. You know, and it goes extends from one end, uh, the newest end uh, at uh, where GMGI is, all the way down to the other end where uh, the Boatport Hotel is. Um, 
is so much on this in the, in the entire you know that main part of the working waterfront uh, uh, is is all here all together. It's uh, it's a it's a really diverse area that um, we can do many things with, and has obviously over the years um, uh, done just that. You mentioned EDS, the Economic Development Industrial Commission, and the good work that group has done in terms of attracting uh, business and industry to locate to this community and increase the, the tax base, uh, put more jobs, uh, improve the economic picture. Um, where are we with our economic development in the city, and, and what are, you know, look going forward, where, where are we, and uh, what should we be doing to, to maximize uh, either tax revenue or secure or maintain jobs uh, for, for people who live here? Yeah, well, I, I, I hear exactly, and you're hitting a very important point here. Uh, I was a member of the EDIC um, for 28 years. Uh, and I'm now uh, just come off. This is one of the reasons that I'm, you know, running now for our city council is uh, have more time, et cetera. Uh, but uh, um, in the EDIC, the Economic Development Industrial Corporation, uh, in the time that I was there, we we built out the uh, finished building out the uh, uh, both Blackburn Industrial Park and uh, Cape Ann Industrial Park, and again we created over. Um, you know, $10 million in revenue um, for the community uh, without doing some of the taxes or taxation of services, et cetera, uh, say, say schools or something like that, other than, you know, the employees that may be uh, living here from, from these places. And right now, um, those both of those parks are about at their, you know, capacity. Uh, there are some of the... Uh, uh, individual properties there that uh, may not currently be being, uh, you know, uh, productive, but uh, hopefully that will uh, come again. But as far as expansion and continued economic development, uh, at the moment uh, we have to, uh, again, uh, return to our waterfront uh, uh, and uh, and see what we can do. And, uh, again, things like GMGI are, are, are wonderful. So we have many of our... You know, waterfront wharfs, et cetera, are, you know, uh, if not collapsing, in danger of collapsing because of some of the, uh, the very difficult uh, restrictions and requirements to go ahead and develop property, and some people can't afford to do those. And we have to look at ways to um, be able to uh, develop, and, and I think some mixed use uh, somehow. Uh, uh, our marine uh, uh, economy is has been the base of this of our harbor of our absolutely uh, phenomenal gorgeous harbor um, for you know 400 years and we need to continue to um, do that but uh, in a changing world of changing fishery there are uh, there are ways of maybe doing some other things we have a new uh, um, harbor masters uh, uh, station coming in that will uh, you know will allow some uh, more um, uh, non uh, non-safe fishing-related uh, um, visitors to uh, come to the community to see what's going on and to uh, hopefully uh, add some uh, economic uh, uh, boosts in different ways. And these are the things we need to do. There's um, there's some space out off of uh, Route 128 where uh, Senator Tarr uh, was able to uh, obtain some money that's available if we if we want to uh, explore if that is a uh, environmentally safe to develop, but e even if we went forward with that, that could be you know ten or fifteen years down uh, down the road. And um, right now, I think our uh, main focus needs to be on our uh, waterfront all uh, all around the all around the harbor, not just in Ward Two. Sure. Um, you mentioned uh, your work with Senator Tarr is having a, a liaison relationship. I think with the Department of Transportation. Uh, tell us. How that impacts Gloucester? What 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 is that? Well, it, again, many of the uh, parts of Gloucester um, are accessed what by uh, what are state um, roads. Uh, in other words, uh, both Route 128 and 133, and then also 127 are you know state highways, um, and everything that goes on on the actually the state controlled portion of those highways is you know um, uh, is. Uh, uh, affected, uh, you know, to, it affects uh, those of us in the community in uh, many different ways, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's just traffic issues, whether it's, 
um, you know, the opportunity for uh, business development near one of them, whether it's something as simple as uh, maintenance. Um, and uh, I've always, I've worked for over 15 years uh, in Senator Starr's office throughout his 17 communities in uh, working with those individual communities and in, uh, issues that they may have. It, uh, it may be something such as paving or uh, sidewalk issues. We have uh, both uh, um, the, uh, uh, the A. Uh, Pyatt Andrew Bridge and the uh, Blumen Bridge, and we also have the uh, Railroad Bridge. You know, the uh, A. Pyatt Andrew was uh, a multi-year, um, many-million-dollar uh, project to uh, rehabilitate, uh, and that is now done. And uh, hopefully, for uh, many years in the future. Um, the uh, uh, railroad bridge is currently, you know, underway, finally being replaced. It was the, um, uh, I think, the second oldest, but the, uh, the worst, the most deteriorated uh, bridge uh, in the uh, uh, Massachusetts uh, uh, system. But it's being, you know, currently under, under, underway, being uh, replaced with a uh, brand new uh, bridge. Uh, and we need to also focus on uh, the cut bridge. Uh, it's long overdue for its replacement, and uh, we need to work with all the citizens uh, uh, and the uh, um, government officials in Gloucester to decide uh, how that bridge is going to be replaced and to get that done, uh, especially with issues such as you know uh, climate change, coastal resiliency, and uh, those types of um, things. It'll be very important to see where that, uh, where that goes. Great. You know, a bit of history for you. Back before A. Pyatt Andrew Bridge was built, uh, President Roosevelt wanted to have one of his daughters married in Gloucester, and the Secret Service canceled, like, uh, vetoed it because uh, the only access point was 127, and he said, too many curbs, too many security issues. They wouldn't let him. Um, but uh, he was—he actually came to Gloucester a few times, and, and I've got a picture of him receiving an award, uh, a painting or something, in Gloucester Harbor. Oh, wonderful. I, I have um, my brother, uh, my oldest brother, Arlie, has, uh, I think, the largest collection of antique postcards yeah. of uh, uh, Gloucester and Cape Ann, and I bet he probably has uh, one of those and uh, many more unique ones. Uh, yeah. I think it, it may be a postcard, and, and I'll bet he has it. Well, thank you, Barry, for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Allen. I wish we had more time. We've run out of time with everybody we've had today because everybody had a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, certainly wish you well in your uh, race uh, for the city council. And, uh, and, I thank, and I thank you, Josh and Rick, so much on to share you know, my thoughts. Great, and thank you for all the uh, good stuff you do for the community uh, and have done for so many years. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, you know, there are a few families, several family, families in Gloucester who contribute much more than they get, and yeah. uh, the pets are certainly one of them with Arlie and, and Barry, especially uh, all the things that they've done over the years. And, and Dr. Uh, Pet, that for years. Oh, Dr. Pet was awesome. He yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember him uh, when I was a kid. And, uh, didn't he uh, patrol he did the sidelines in the football games for a while? Yeah, did all that. Did all that? I think it was the last one to make house calls too. Uh, yeah, and uh, I remember him coming to the house. I was a little kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but great family and right up there with the Tars and the yeah. Jumbancos and the Orlandos. There's just so many uh, again people in, in Gloucester who do uh, above and beyond. And uh, it's good to hear what what the ideas that all these people are, are suggesting. And you know, um, I I. I when I when I go into Gloucester, I, I do look at um, all the um, the luxury housing there is now, and it just gives me pause to wonder, um, you know, how much longer that uh, families are going to be able to stay here, working families, yep. because um, you know it's it's beginning to look like Newport uh, North. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's evolving that way, unfortunately, and uh, if they don't take some steps now. Um, a lot of us that grew up here, we're going to end up somewhere else. Yep. Well, um, 
What do we have lined up for next week? Uh, well, I, between next Friday and uh, the four days we're going to do the following week, uh, I have Melissa Cox, who's a city councilor here in Gloucester, uh, at large, seeking re-election. Val Gilman, Ward 4, uh, seeking re-election. Joe Gigaloni, who's running against Barry Pett in Ward 2, will be a guest. Uh, Adrian Lennon, a candidate for city council in Amesbury. She's also the conservation agent here in Gloucester. Uh, Julie Flowers, at large city councilor in Beverly. Uh, Barry Connell, a city councilor at large in Newburyport. And Afros Khan, uh, a at large city councilor in Newburyport, all running for re election. Okay, and I'd like to remind people uh, we have uh, a post up there from yesterday uh, with um, it's called the Merrimack Valley Podcast with Lawrence Eagle Tribune reporter. Um, Bill Kirk, who you know very well, yeah, yep. um, and yesterday he interviewed Sal Lupino of Sal's Pizzas, who has done an incredible job in Lawrence uh, re-landscaping and reconfiguring the waterfront, the riverfront there, and it's called the Riverfront Project, and uh, we actually got to talk to Mr. Lupino yesterday, and that that interview is, is posted. It's a fascinating interview, and if you look at the links there, you'll see what they've done up there with the old mill that looked like something out of... Uh, the 1600s uh, uh, back uh, a few years ago that has been completely redone and the waterfront just looks so beautiful up there and he's turned it into such an amazing complex. Also we've got three football games this weekend weather permitting we've got a couple of football games tonight uh, so check out uh, the post that'll be up there shortly for that. Channel A will be um, what do we have Danvers at Swampscott I believe and on Channel B we've got uh, Beverly at Gloucester and then tomorrow another game as well so uh, and I may have those mixed up right now, but uh, check them out. They're all posted uh, on other posts right here on this very website. So on behalf of Josh Arnold, our producer and engineer, Bill Proposky, I'm Rick Moore. Have a great weekend. Stay dry, stay warm. This is MSONewsports.com.